You're listening to Citizen Reporter number 428 for the 14th of August, 2012. Hello and welcome to another edition of Citizen Reporter, the podcast that brings you underreported news, global concerns, issues that affect human lives. And although you have the mainstream news media, the corporate and non-corporate news media out there with staffs of people researching things, here on Citizen Reporter, it is me and it is you. And some of you help me and some of you just listen. And it's all part of this process. And as you can already tell on today's program, it's just me and a microphone, no guest, uh, as often I have guests. And I wanted to, first of all, get up to speed with what's going on with this program, a little bit of what's going on with me, at least in the world of new media and journalism. And uh, I could, of course, ask you what's going on with you, but you, you can't answer right now. So I, I, I'll, I'll sort of not get too into the questions for you because, yeah, I, I can't get any answers for now. You could answer later in comments. But even comments, you know, I mean, not just on my website, but all over the Internet, people use comments less. Um, I understand it to some extent. And, uh, and at the same time, you kind of miss the old days of people commenting, especially somewhere other than on Facebook. But anyway, let's go to the, uh, the main topic I have on my plate. It is August. It's the middle of August already. Time flies, of course. Uh, one of the reasons there haven't been many podcasts uh, is that I was in Portugal, and you heard me one or two times there. And if anyone's been listening to News of the World, you would have heard me still doing content from Portugal, along with Tim on that news analysis podcast, News of the World with a Z, if you're searching for it. But anyway, coming up at the end of the month, I'm speaking. As you know, I occasionally speak places. I'm speaking at Campus Party uh, you know, not my favorite name for a conference, obviously, but, uh, it's a, for me, it's a conference about technology, new media, science, innovation, little creativity in there. Uh, so, you know, the, their offer and their invite basically has been very kind and interesting. So of course I'm, I'm going to go for it. I'm in Berlin for only three days. Um, let's see, 23rd, 24th and 25th, and I'll be discussing news cycles in the world of new media. Um, if you want the official title, I'll have to put a link. I don't remember what the official title is. But here's what I'm talking about, really, besides the title, which may or may not tell you. They looked at all the independent media, all the online, everything. They found that, that 96%, almost 96%, there's a little debate about the precise figure, but well over 90, came from old media, largely from the daily newspaper, the Baltimore Sun. But here's the scary part, the, the footnote. The Baltimore Sun is producing 73% fewer original news stories today than 20 years ago. So news me new media is, is commenting on old media, but it's not filling the void of news. Old media 
it's giving us a lot less. And so you say, well, okay, come on, Pew Center folks, tell us where is the news coming from? Who's, who's generating it if, if it's not? Well, it's in there. 86% of the stories came in the form of public relations, either from government or from corporations. Only 14% produced by a reporter who went out and tried to speak truth to power. This is a scary zone we're entering. Um, I don't know how many of you really focus on the news media in your daily lives. You're probably too busy. You know, you've got your other jobs. You're not all journalists and I'm drinking mate, but um, that's not important. I understand this relationship in a way. And I also understand some of you are journalists, but whoever you are, um, you know that in the world before the internet, and uh, let's be more specific, before new media and Twitter and Facebook and sharing your thoughts on a daily basis, sharing randomness, sharing with purpose as well, before that, there was news media. Television, that was a big one, still is for some people. Radio, that was once a big one. Uh, fewer and fewer people listen to radio, but there it was. Newspapers, again, another dying uh, or struggling outlet. But that, all of these were places that would report the news to you. And so issues would come up, sometimes because of a, an event. Take um, an earthquake, uh, a, a tsunami, for those who remember the tsunami. Um, what was that, 2002? I don't know. It felt like it was around September 11th. That's what I remember, the, the tsunami of, um, of Asia. And as you can see, I, I can already not remember the exact date. And that's both because of the passing of time, but it's also because of how items fall out of the news. Because take that tsunami. I'm not going to go searching now for information about it. I'm just going to go from the top of my head. As you recall, it was massive. And in terms of scale, destruction, cost lives costs, of course, infrastructure and, and st general structural costs. So something being that big, it has long-term effects. And that means that, that a year, four years, I skipped from one to four, after that initial shock and taking care of the initial people who are suffering, there's still a lot more to this if you want the word story or to this reality, there's a lot more to it. But in the world of news cycles, that doesn't translate. And I, there is the word news cycle. Um, there's a such thing as the 24-hour news cycle. I mean, if you, if you search for it on the internet, Wikipedia will have a definition. What is a 24-hour news cycle? And it'll, it'll be really basic. It will say uh, the amount of time issues often get into and fall out of the main headlines of uh, news reports. Hold on, drink. I'm drinking Argentinian mate today. So there it is, right? 24-hour news cycle. And this is one of those classic problems that many people would have pointed to, including me, about journalism in the old days. Um, it wasn't the only style of journalism. It was just this very dominant style. And then from there, you can take it further that the people who controlled the news, who reported it, who put it out, who published the channels, the newspapers, and so on, that they then had influence over what entered and what exited this 24-hour news cycle that we really... It didn't guide our lives, but it was a part of our daily life. When you flipped on whatever media 
there within that time that you're watching, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, you probably would hear something about the items currently in the news cycle. And from there, you also get that, what's it called, that label, a slow news day. A slow news day just means that there's nothing particularly bad or good, but really bad is what they love, that can you know, take the first spot in the 24-hour news cycle. But that's fine. Then came new media, right? And in new media, there are lots of benefits and there are also a lot of down, what do you call it? The opposite of benefits, <laughs> things you lose. And one of the benefits is, of course, that it's decentralized. Uh, there may be a Fox News, there may be a CNN and a BBC, but there's also an, uh, a citizen reporter. There's a, uh, a Juan Cole. There's independent voices or groups of voices even who can also bring up issues, report on them, spread the word, try anyway. So in theory, it's a... Um, I'll use the word better. It's a better world, the, the new media world, because uh, different stories affecting different people can not only get to the top a little bit, uh, the top is another difficult gray area, but can get to your attention, you, the average internet user, no offense, calling you average, <laughs> but that, that different people could bring an issue to the forefront. And so that should mean that it's a more democratic, if you want to use that word, <laughs> democratic world, and also one where just because the 24-hour news cycle says something isn't important anymore, it can still be brought up, it can still be discussed and followed and reported. And that would mean that if the tsunami of, of uh, earlier in the 2000s occurred now, that if we had this very open new media ecology um, forgive me if I'm using academic words, I don't know why I do that, but I do. And if we had that, then the story of the tsunami recovery would not go away. We would still, year from now, 10 years from now, and, and, and we should actually be doing this about the real tsunami as it happened, we could still be talking about rebuilding, about life since, about people who survived, family members, how they were affected, how they've grown up and changed and adjusted because um, this is all still part of the story but this is not considered popular for the sort of mainstream news media anyway it's it's you know maybe the tsunami is not the best example but there's my example for now so we have this potential in new media and people are very excited about it have been for many years now tout uh, hold up you know, Facebook and Twitter, and then they hold up the revolutions in Egypt and Tunisia as shining examples. And they say, look what's possible, yeah? This was not orchestrated from the top, this came from the bottom. Which is a statement that could, you know, you could show evidence that proves it, no, that, that shows it to be true. You could also argue it, as it has been. And I'm looking at academic research, I'm looking at articles, but I'm also going off of experience, right? I'm not that old, but I've watched, as many of you have as well, I've watched the world change from the television and radio news cycle to the Twitter news cycle, to the Facebook, to the YouTube viral video cycle. 
And not all of it is about news, although it's presented as such, right? It's the top item. It's the trending topic. It's the most watched with a gazillion uh, watches on YouTube. We're always impressed about that. And some of these items are about actual news, but m most of them are about something that makes us laugh. And that's also part of the, the ecology. There's that word again. So what I want to look into, and also I want to point out, because, you know, you can already bring it up before you do the research, really, because research is, is ongoing. It's life. But I want to point out how we also have these cycles, these trends in new media where we didn't have to have them necessarily. No one was forcing us, at least not overtly. It's not obvious. No one was forcing us to talk this week about Coney 2012 and next week move on. Nobody forced us to move on in theory because now we have this forum where you don't have to do anything. Yet somehow these trends do happen. And, you know, Coney 2012, <laughs> he wasn't caught. We don't even know how improved the situation is. But the issue fell out of style. It fell, and Yeah, I used the word style accidentally, but that's kind of what it is. Attention span. It's in style. It's out of style. It's, it's trending. It's not trending. It's old. We want new. And you could get into why does this happen. Uh, but one thing you can't say is it's not the way it used to be. It's not necessarily Fox News or, or take any large corporate news uh, venture. It's not them that are telling us to act this way. Now, someone might try and create a conclusion saying, well, that's human nature then. That's how we are. That's interesting. And human nature is one of those debated topics that you'll never find the, the answer to really, um, at least not in our lifetime, and you'll argue it forever anyway. But let's say it's not human nature for a second. What if it is a learned behavior? And what I'm saying is we, many of us, grew up with some kind of traditional media. At least if you're over the age of 25, let's say, let's put 25 as the age cutoff. We grew up with traditional media and we referred to them. Actually, people still grow up with traditional media today. And they have their news cycles and we followed them. And so even though we're on the internet where, you know, it's the new frontier, we're free to do what we want. We carry out a lot of the things that we learned. Are you following me here? It's like, if you're used to news cycles and sort of conditioned since childhood since or whenever you became conscious of these things you got used to this way so when you go off to to a freer area even though you could change your behavior you kind of go back to the old patterns so i'm trying to say maybe it's a a learned behavior that carries on and that may continue to be carried on um there are some in the world of research that say, and, and I'm going to bring up some of these examples at my, at my real talk, because this is just me making audio notes and maybe a conversation. But there are some who say, um, actually, there is control. Uh, there is a machine. It's no longer a news channel. It's um, public relations groups and experts. It's government entities to some extent, political actors with power, with money. It's these people who are pushing, whether or not they are guaranteed success, they push a topic, they push an issue, they push a video, they push a tweet, a bunch of tweets, a hashtag. And even though we're all individuals and we could all 
gather together and choose our own topics, that we are influenced by these people who are pushing things on us. And sometimes we don't even notice it. It happens very sort of gradually. You, you turn on Twitter and you say, well, let me just check what's trending. Oh, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in everything that's trending, but I'm going to look so you know what's trending. If, even if you don't love it, you know. I have that a little bit. I know more or less what's trending because I check front pages of certain both uh, online and offline um, news aggregation sites and people who do it. So even though I don't agree with everything that's considered you know, worthy of the 24-hour news cycle, I know what's in there. And it's the same thing in, in social media very often. This, you know, it, it, you're right. The surveys will show, do you, do you like mainstream media? No, they don't. Uh, but if you ask people, do you want information? And do you want it in an easily accessible way where I can get it when I need it and, and not have to spend six or seven hours trolling the Internet trying to find the truth? Yeah, they say yes. Have there been exceptions? Sure. I suppose there have been. Have they lasted? No. And I watch, you know, for example, and I've been careful not to really focus on these guys too much because, well, I, I, I don't feel like discouraging them, but I also want to be critical, be free to be critical. Occupy Wall Street, right? A, a topic that I covered a lot on this podcast that I actually care a lot about. I wanted Occupy Wall Street in some form or another to succeed and continue. The problem is, perhaps in my narrow-mindedness and, and the narrow world we live in, Occupy Wall Street suffered a huge series of setbacks. I call them setbacks. Occupy Wall Street might say it wasn't a setback. You know, it's just part of it, all the, the process. Fine. We disagree on this. But Occupy Wall Street still exists. They have rallies. They have actions. They have a Twitter feed that constantly complains or points out that they're still here, that the news media thinks they're dead, but they're not dead, and the world still loves the mission, which is to, to make a better world with a better economy, an economy based on humanity, not on, and then so on and so forth. But Occupy Wall Street has fallen out. I mean, this year, what year are we in? 2012, yeah. Occupy Wall Street has struggled to make it into that, well, trending topic world, that viral video world. And you don't have to go into that world to make news, to be known, but you can get drowned out by those things. And Occupy Wall Street may in fact have a message that still deserves to be listened to. You know, it's it, the idea from a year ago that got so much attention that the world should be run in a better way, that the world economy should be run in a completely different way. That idea isn't worse than it was last year or better. It's still the same good idea. But Occupy Wall Street has fallen victim, I think, has fallen victim to the same, it's not 24-hour news cycle anymore, but the, the trending topic mentality, the new news cycle of social media. Is this nothing new that I'm pointing out? Um, maybe, maybe nothing new here. But we have to admit this sometimes, because... You know, if you had a euro or a dollar for everybody who is out there singing the praises for the last 10 years of social media, and I've done it, so, you know, there's a dollar for me. 
you should also have people who point out where it isn't going right or it isn't it isn't living up to its potential or its promise could it still i suppose so are the odds already lining up against it i would say yes the behaviors are already taking root they're they're being passed on for generations perhaps next generation and so forth so it's not the end of the world and it's not the end of this this question of what good is new media and what good is social media and discussions online but you've seen it if you've used it at all especially for news you've seen what i'm talking about how even though we have all this new freedom and the ability to do so much that we choose actually not to do it or we make unconscious choices that put us back in this news cycle world. Are you all still following me here? All right, I'll take a moment and take a drink and turn up the volume. Alright, so is this my talk? Is that what I'm doing here? No. This is my drawing board. This is also my podcast, and it's about underreported news, and I think this is an underreported topic. It's a hard one, which makes it less appealing to cover. Um, and again, there's, there is research on this. It's not just me and an opinion. There's that as well. But there are also people who are crunching the numbers, because there are numbers, you can, you can quantify this. They're also looking at the bigger picture, specific topics, including all the revolutions in the Arab Spring that, that are really touted as great examples of social media and what could happen. Um, because, you know, that story is also very complex, not as simple as it's been explained. So I'm interested in this. I'm interested in stories that aren't simple, because I find life isn't simple. Why should the stories about life be constantly dumbed down to this ingestible 30-second size when it's just, it's more complicated than that? And we are capable of understanding things that are complicated. Uh, so that's, that's where I'm coming from with all this. Um, the talk is, I think, on the 25th of August, campusparty.eu. Uh, ignore the, the questionable name. I'm sure people said that about the name Bicycle Mark back in the day. Uh, so, you know, for people like that, we use the real names and we, we point to the content, uh, which is more important. And there will be a lot of interesting speakers if you are going to be in Berlin. For the life of me, I can't name one right now. Sorry about that. But um, I'll be there and I would be glad to see you. If you're not there, I will, of course, write a bit of a, a summary about what I learned and what is to learn. And I'll do an interview or two with people with interesting and important takes on what's going on in the world, with experiences, that's what I love most. Uh, and that's something I've got to enjoy a lot this summer, having been in Portugal and spent so many weeks uh, visiting with my grandparents, hearing old stories and new stories uh, about my family, about history. So that should also be fodder for this program, for my work as a, as a reporter, as an internet journalist of some form. And I'm very glad to have you along with me. So next week we'll be back with, uh, I think, the usual podcast. Uh, I want to continue on the issue of drugs, especially drug policy in the Netherlands. I continue to hear people who are mistaken or confused about what's happening in the Netherlands. Uh, and I think it's of, of importance. Um, and I, I find I have a unique access, unique access to, to people involved. So you can look forward to that and more. 
and writing, all on citizenreporter.org. For everybody who flatters and who PayPals me donations, I appreciate it. It goes to a good cause. And by a good cause, I mean continuing this, which we have been doing since 2004. So uh, I congratulate you for being a part of it and for helping it uh, move along, because it will move along. All right, until next time, (laughs) I'm the guy who's been talking a lot today, and I hope and I'm glad if you could follow along. See ya. Thank you.